Blacktivities is a Black Panache original production, a podcast network with a lineup of Black-hosted shows sharing Black stories and tackling Black issues. For more information on shows like our newest production, Fat Lies Matter, visit blackpanache.com. Links are in the show notes. I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to Blacktivities. A celebration of all things Black. Black culture, Black history, Black perspectives, and Black panache. Celebrating our Blackness doesn't mean exclusion. Everybody's invited, but you got to come in and have a seat. So let let the the Blacktivities begin. Welcome back, Black people. And anyone else who might be listening, let's be real, our audience is probably largely Black, but all are welcome here. I'm your Blacktivities host, Shannon, right here with the lovely Mona Lisa the Poet. And if you're watching us right now, you might see another familiar face. She appeared as a guest in season three on an episode about cultural appropriation. And she brought such a fresh perspective and just good vibes to the conversation that we actually invited her to join the Blacktivities gang. So y'all give it up to our new host, Karen, a.k.a. KK. Hey, y'all. What's up, Black yes. people? All people. Everybody, everybody. I have to say, I am very excited to have you to join us to be a Black activity tour guide. Yes. And then I also want to add those moments where Previous listeners understand how sometimes I get off track and then Shannon has to come in and say, absolutely not. Snap back into it. (laughs) I like that. Our vibe is that I could continue to talk and Shannon can't do that. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to this. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be both of us on this wild ride. Yes. And is going to have to corral us in. She's so like the DD. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going Trump on y'all this season. <laughs> like all the way dictator. That's all right. <laughs> She's the DD. Come to pick us up from a brunch and mimosas. It's going to be crazy. Lots of mimosas. Y'all see that more they falling into the bushes. That's that's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I have to say congratulations to you ladies on season four. This is a phenomenal, and I'm just honored to be a part of this whole thing. This this movement, the beauty of the Blacktivities podcast. It is an honor indeed. We appreciate that. I can't believe that we're starting season four of Blacktivities. Like, we almost didn't make it, but that's another story for another day. Today's episode is called, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. Know where that quote comes from? Oh, y'all better know where that quote comes from. Yes. H to the Izzo. No, she blew up the rock. (laughs) (laughs) People try to insult our intelligence, but we've been making it do what it do since forever. Like even the local drug dealer has to know some kind of principles of business to be successful. 
And growing up, every black neighborhood in America had certain community entrepreneurs that people saw around, like, for example, the bootleg man and the Avon lady. What entrepreneurs did y'all know growing up? Mr. Daniel, shout out to Mr. Daniel. He was the bootleg man. Anything you wanted, he would have it two weeks before the release date. VHS hot on the streets. That's what's up. I haven't heard VHS in forever. (laughs) And in in my neck of the woods, we had um, corner stores, of course, where you could go get them big pickles and all that candy, all the things. And we even had here a lady who sold Lucy's and pig ear sandwiches down in Uh five points. <laughs> See black people here, just right there. <laughs> Wait to the health episode. Pig ears. Okay, we but she didn't that. get in trouble for the pig ears. She got in trouble for the Lucy's, the loose cigarettes. Crazy. They let us mm-hmm. die of hypertension <laughs> and everything else, but don't That's make no money show. off of our cigarettes. We want to kill y'all. You can't kill yourselves. Mm-mm. Oh man, pressure up thinking about that. <laughs> Now, if you're a day one listener, you're going to notice some differences in the format of the show and some bonus content as well, because we do believe in evolving and continuing to make the show better. So hopefully you like and welcome the changes and you are always welcome to let us know your thoughts on social media. We're primarily on IG as at Blacktivities Pod. I'm also at Just Shan Official. Lisa and Karen, what are y'all's IG names? Mona Lisa, the DA, poet. Mona Lisa, the poet. Come join me. And I'm at KK Roberts Grissom. All right. And we're also on Facebook, guys, because we're millennials. We're just going to say that we're all millennials. And, and. And so we still do use Facebook. Like I was in that original group of Facebook users when you had to have a college email to join Facebook. So anyway, if you want to stay up to date with what we got going on and chat with us personally, then check those show notes or the links because I always put them there. Mm -hmm. All right. One of the changes that we made is because of my accent. Originally, we had sax facts. But y'all told us that it sounded like I was saying sex facts, which I was not. So now we are going to bring you big facts instead. Big facts. No cap. No big facts. Big facts. No cap. Do it again on the thing. Big facts. No cap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Playing around. I got some new equipment for Christmas. So, <laughs> anyway, KK, what's today's big fact? Today's big fact. 
today's Big Fact comes from the Brookings Institute, which highlights Black business growth as it was trending upward before the COVID-19 pandemic from 2017 to 2020. The number of Black-owned businesses across the country increased by 13.64% larger than all businesses in general, which increased by 0.53% over the same period. Black-owned firms brought in an estimated $141.1 billion in gross revenue in 2020, which is an 11% increase since 2017. How many without PPP loans? But go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) And then... More so than other racial groups, Black-owned businesses have pronounced increases in revenue, employees, and payroll in 2020, with Black business owners employing 1.3 million people and creating 48,549 new jobs, adding an additional $1.7 billion in aggregate payroll to the U.S. economy. Oh, wow. Nice. So we did that. That is, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. And I also have some information about Black history entrepreneurship from UNLV. And basically, it's referencing how slavery, Jim Crow laws, and discrimination impacted our entrepreneurial growth. And it taps into a recent study conducted by researchers who basically said that it was access and not just asset that serves as an obstacle for Black-owned businesses to acquire the capital and credit necessary to start and grow a business. Another factor in the approval rating of business loans to African-Americans is the location of the business as a substantial proportion of Black-owned businesses are located in geographical areas that serve the needs of African-Americans, but these are generally characterized as low-income urban communities. So historically, yes, we've done the work. There is discrimination in loans because of geographically where they're located and who owns the businesses. So it's a duality that exists in preventing our businesses from having the resources and capital to get started. Mm. Oh, she came with it. Big facts. No. Right. So ladies, if we've been entrepreneurs forever and some of those facts that you gave us, Karen, it sounds like we doing the doggone thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why we still ain't got nothing? Because hmm. We still don't have the same resources. We don't get the same, you know, opportunities as other ethnicities. And I'm saying other ethnicities because think about, you know, other people that are provided the opportunity to come to the U.S. And then they are giving loans and then they do open up businesses, i.e. let's talk about nail shops who own nail salons majority. Not us. Um, convenience stores, gas stations. So we know, yeah, they may come over with, you know, pockets on swole, but they are still getting that help, that assistance. And I don't want to put my business out over there. You know me, I try to be kind of on the fence a little bit because of my job. 
but I could see a possibility where some financial institutions will take a look at the business in a picture and kind of not assist them in a way. You know what I mean? Maybe they don't see the value in that business. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or you could not be what they are looking for. So So. I think you guys are saying systemic racism is part of the problem. Thank you, Shannon. And like the American capitalist system in general, which is based on like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps type thing. Right. But then it's like, you know, if you don't have any boots, how are you going to pull yourself up by the bootstraps? Is it really right. based on that though? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they say. But I believe it's based more on privilege. I would agree with that. The reality is when it comes to having capital, you know, it's, You're supposed to pull yourself up, but a lot of people who are making moves, if you think about people who are even in prevalent positions uh, like Elon Musk, Elon Musk wasn't pulling himself up by nothing, nor was Donald Trump. That is generational wealth that has been passed on that they have had the ability to capitalize on. Honestly, I don't believe that they're self-made because. You had to have somebody help you. You had to have somebody give you an opportunity. You had to have somebody who maybe was in a position where they were able to offer you, whether it's money to support or Mm -hmm. they knew some people who knew some people. So I don't believe anybody is self-made. I don't believe in that. What if they're saying like, and I could tell there is someone that's going to listen to this and say, well, self-made is I got out there and I did lace up my boots and I was nego- negotiating and and talking to people and networking. Like they look at that as if that is their work. But somebody had to give you the opportunity. So even if you're out there doing that, somebody still had to give you a chance. Mm-hmm. Whatever you negotiated for, they had to give you that. And then they're going to be like, you're not going to take this from me. Okay. I work hard. I work hard and bust my behind, but I I am not self-made. Trust and believe Marcus and Cordia are always there helping me out. Yeah, this is true. Well, and it's interesting too, when it comes to that, because we don't want to take anything away from those who have moved up based on their effort, but it does require somebody listening or giving you the opportunity or seeing the value in what you're doing. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you were talking about, Lisa, like, okay, there's, there's systemic issues that prevent us from moving, but there are also folks who defy those odds. It's few and far between, but I do know of a young lady who gave the example of you know, she said, I'm, I'm going to tell you how different our lives are from the majority of folks. She said, I went to buy a house. And I, I don't know if I've seen this example before. She said, but I, I went to buy a house and I needed to have more money at closing. And they literally looked at me and was like, don't you know somebody you can borrow money from? 
is there somebody in your family you just reach out to to give you the extra whatever it was five ten thousand dollars that's not a, a, a part of our existence. but then they are they they say that and then when you get gifted this money they want to know where, where it, it came from. from they want them to present bank statement so i'm like what why don't even offer it if we're gonna do this extra stuff do you feel like our mindset like as a as a black community overall has something to do with why we still ain't got nothing yes because even though we're sitting here we're talking about it some people look at that as like a lack of motivation if that makes sense like they feel like well we i'm black they ain't gonna give me nothing anyway so that can keep them from doing it it's that motivation i look at like different cultural groups like especially Asian cultures and how they stick together and they support one another and Hispanic. Yes. Hispanic communities too. Like, yeah. It's amazing. Maybe venture to say most other cultures besides us. I was watching the Tyler Perry documentary last night and they were talking about how you know, people were coming at Tyler Perry for the content that he was making. And it's like, as soon as a black person does something and they have some success, here comes somebody else trying to like pull them down. And I don't know why we do that, but that might be a factor in why we still don't have anything because we can't truly come together like that. Tyler Perry, bless his heart. I mean, if I, I can understand it. And no, I'm saying this because I started out with watching his plays. And then, yes, it moved up to the movie. Let's like, okay, okay. And then when he got his studio and all of that. But it seemed like the content was always the same. So he listened to that and tried to come out with an action movie. Remember Alex Cross? <laughs> and bless his heart. Baby, you... <laughs> he don't went and hired... A stunt double from down the street from the hood. No, <laughs> baby. Mm. And see, I love Tyler Perry too. I, I think that in terms of entrepreneur, he is an amazing example of that. I also see entrepreneurs, you know, for example, Mike Epps just pretty much bought up the block that he used to live in. That's the kind mm-hmm. of things we used to do. But I want to see too. Bootsy. Bootsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boosie. And I, I want to uplift something. We have principles in place that we have not tapped into. Kwanzaa. We're in the midst of Kwanzaa. But if you think about the principles of Kwanzaa, it's unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. Now, that exists. But we're not tapped into that. We're tapped into the colonial. What's trending to fit in? Well, it's, we're, it's Americanized. This is Mm -hmm. African and we are an African people and everything that we came over here with was bastardized and we were told it was witchcraft, all of our spirituality, all of the things. And then we came up with Kwanzaa. But a lot of folks prefer to celebrate 
Christmas and, mm-hmm. and ignore Kwanzaa. But what if we all practice this and every day utilized it? But this is the stuff that other cultures do. And I even had somebody reach out to me about getting together. And I can't remember the word is going to come to me. I'm sure after this and, and get some folks together and pull together money. And this is what other cultures do. And you support the different members of your group in their endeavors until everybody is lifted. Now, if we did that instead of, you know, I, and I saw a meme that said, we'll get together to buy tables and, and bottles, but won't get together to buy back the block. So those are some of these principles. These seven principles are in place. It's already here for us. We just have to put action behind it. So what is the key to overcoming these things so that more of us can be successful professionals? Is it education? Are there certain skills or resources that we need to tap into that we just haven't thought about? Like, what do you guys think is the key to overcoming those things? Uh, With the education piece, I would say Yes, from a standpoint of etiquette. And then also knowing how it works, like just on a soul, do your research on what it takes to be a successful business owner. So I have to say, yes, education from, you know, etiquette point of understanding. I mean, we, we need to do that. We need to focus on that. Yeah. You know, it's, that's a domain. I love that question. Because it, it brings me to the foundation. I'm, I'm always about the foundational things. And when you think about the Tulsa massacre, what did we have? We had bankers. We had shoe shiners. We had blacksmiths. We had the trades and black people there had a monopoly on the trades. It was not necessarily about degrees. Yes, we were getting degrees. But a lot of those folks own businesses in that community and it was the trades. So they had good customer service. They said, please and thank you and <laughs> hope you come again. You know, and, and that's that's basically what it was built on. And and those folks were making moves in a mighty way. And that's what what got it burnt down. But I believe that they stuck to the foundational thing. How your mama doing? Oh, you need me to do that too? I'm happy. I know that I'll just add that to the service. It's no problem. Yeah. What do you need from me? Get it I'll to me later. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. a sense of community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That we don't necessarily have now. No, um, and we got rules now. Yes, definitely. I think we also need to kind of tap into ourselves because I feel like we're already an innovative group of people. Like, Throughout history, we have had to make do with what we had. And like I said, make it do what it do because we had to. And that I feel is still ingrained in us. Everything that we do is what shapes what's popular. And so I think if we tap into that and we kind of hone the skills that we have, we could do a lot more. I also think that we need to stop thinking of each other as competition. Oh, because I feel like 
we don't realize there's enough space for everybody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that maybe some of that stems from our history in the country with slavery and the way that they kind of brainwashed us and shaped our minds. Uh, we kind of carried that, I feel like, to present day mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of ways. But there's room for everybody. And I think by other people being successful, it helps everybody else. So I think we need to think about that, too. This is true. Absolutely. How have shifts in technology and the digital landscape provided new opportunities for Black entrepreneurs to do the dang thing? In my opinion, like we're creative people as it is. So using technologies and we adding our own little flair to it. I think that, I mean, it makes it successful the way that social media is just something really, you know, funny to bring attention to whatever that business is or, you know, I mean, it'll make me curious if that's what you're asked. Yeah. I mean, one thing I thought of is that, you know, if you can do business online, you might can kind of get around some of those structural things because people Mm -hmm. don't actually have to see that you are a black owned business. In some ways, it's beneficial, I guess, to know that it's a Black-owned business. But in other ways, it might help us to get around some of those structural things that if they see us and know that it belongs to us, then, you know, the structure steps in. How do y'all feel about businesses that, you know, make a name for themselves and then they just sell? Can I give you an example? Yeah, like the hair products I Carol's use, Mayel. Oh, I love Mayel. I hope I'm saying the name right. But it had me when on my natural journey. Like my hair coils up by itself. Like it's just like okay, look at me, edges back. And then I found out that they sold out to Procter and Gamble. It's They're like no a, longer a black-owned business. It's a plus and minus to that because I want to keep the money in the community. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I can't knock that person for getting paid the big bucks. This is true. I guess it maybe it depends on what they do with that payout. Right. Are they putting it back into the community and investing in the community? Or are they just using it all for themselves and their own gain? I think that there are people who are doing just what you said. Part of capitalism is selling off the business as much as we don't like it. That's part of it, like you said, Shannon. But I don't know that there's a way of tracking unless we're still keeping tabs on the owners of those businesses or the previous owners. Mayo is an example of of one of the hair companies that sold to another company. I mean, BT got sold. Ebony Magazine, all of these big companies, and even like Old Magazine and Own, because they have a working knowledge of the true measure of what works and how it works. I think what that does is it says, okay, I'm going to do this. And then once I master this, I move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's what capitalism does. But In our community, it's only us that requires or has a need for what we're talking about. 
other right. communities, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't think we have a mechanism or the data to really track those things at this point. That's where the technology would be helpful. And we do have intelligent people in our community who can pull that together, who can do the research and and bring all that forth so that we could actually see where the money is going. Mm -hmm. All right. So we need to continue this conversation on social media. Oh, yes. But right now we're going to go to Lisa's Pieces. guys this son is acting crazy out here i'm in the sunroom and it was just like hey it's my time to shine here you go (laughs) but uh i want to bring you a piece untitled but i hope you guys like it oh wow the power you illuminate the stride we're proud and grateful of the pride please share Donate your drive, baby. Your creative design got us all in a bind, causing two thoughts in your mind. One of the support and the other the hater. Just rest your brain. Don't worry, your hustling little heart because you're a professional. You're needed. You're a business man. Right. Right. <laughs> you don't have to get some snaps for I know I need some snaps <laughs> alright well ladies we made it through our first episode as a thruple what are some of your takeaways from this discussion what is your call to action for the culture okay well two business owners Your true supporters respect your hustle and will pay the price. A real customer will go the extra mile. And I can personally say, take pride in your growth. We will applaud you. We do. So please keep going. Keep your stride. Keep your hustle. Because you never know, as corny as it may sound, you're setting an example for someone else. And Please be professional. Please, please. That's very important. Understand how business works. Your worth is your worth. You are strong, but it's a must to maintain professionalism and be the successful business owner you can be. That's what's up. Professionalism is a must. My conversation, we're headed into 2024. And as I look and consider entrepreneurs within our community and throughout, we do need to do all the things that Lisa mentioned. And we need to know that it's okay to reproduce yourselves. That's a mark of a great leader is if you're leading a business and you can reproduce yourself, there's plenty out here. When you think about the billions of dollars we spend in particular areas like the hair care industry, you know, we are now saying, oh, we're going to own this and, and we can have multiple opportunities and we can reproduce ourselves 
and our children can take over. And we need to be thinking of generational wealth, how to create that, how to sustain what we have, and how to make it self-sustaining and have it level out for the, the next generation. We can do this. I'm convinced of it. We're a, a strong people who've overcome so much, you know, and we've been strong and we've been overcoming. That's not going to stop. But we need to apply that to ourselves and the direction that we want to go as as entrepreneurs. I completely agree. And my call to the culture or call to action for the culture is to come together and remember that sense of community extend a hand to someone who just might need an opportunity. Once you find some success, extend an opportunity to someone else and help pull them up. Another call to action for the culture is to go ahead and click that plus in Apple podcast or that subscribe button in YouTube to make sure that you keep getting these episodes. So until we meet again, King and Queens keep doing bad things. I've been waiting so long to say this. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Peace, y'all.